Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. And that video is perfect for what we're dealing with on today, the Word of God and why it's so important for our lives. As I prepare to get into the Word, I want to just draw your attention back to Matthew chapter 4. It's already been read. But I wanted to share a few things preliminarily. Uh, we've made our way to this new series uh, entitled Rebirth. And the whole purpose of this series is for every single one of us to understand that God has a desire for us, that, that he longs to bring us out of and into new seasons. But we got to go through. I'm going to pause to make sure we got everything right technologically. Are we good? Somebody shake their head. Let me know we're good. Okay. Praise God. And so he, he allows us to go through these seasons so that we may come out of. But the whole purpose of these seasons is for us to come out in a better way. Not just to go through for the sake of going through, but to come out, to come out stronger and wiser and uh, better fitted to give God glory with our lives. So Matthew chapter four, I'm going to read just the first few verses. Then we're going to jump into our message says verse one. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil to be tempted by the devil. I want to put a tag on this text. In just a few moments, I want to preach from the topic, lessons from the wilderness. Lessons from the wilderness. Father, have your way in this place. Thank you, Father, for every note that's been played, every scripture that's been read, every song that's been sung, every song that's been sung. And Father, we give you glory, praise, and honor for the privilege of sharing in your word. Father, free us from distractions. Give us intelligent attention for this, your word now. Speak, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Lessons, lessons from the wilderness. Lessons from the wilderness. Our, our wilderness experiences can teach us profound principles if we choose to learn. Here's a, here's a big idea for today's message. Difficulty teaches us lessons that last a lifetime. Mm. Difficulty teaches us lessons that last a lifetime. Y'all, that's real talk. Because every single one of us can identify that when we were in wilderness-type experiences, the lessons, the, the principles that really spoke to our hearts gave us a sense of clarity that perhaps joy and good times don't give us. In our passage for today, Jesus goes from coronation to temptation. Jesus goes from a celebration to degradation. He, he goes from being uh, baptized by John the Baptist to being led by the Spirit to be tempted. This very occurrence teaches us how swift life changes. This, this very occurrence teaches us how fast situations shift. See, the first word of chapter 4 then speaks of immediacy. After this, then this. There is intentionality to what occurs. The text says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Here it is, to be tempted. 
I need you to understand the magnitude of what's taking place. Yes, God's spirit led God's son into the wilderness to be tempted by God's enemy. Y'all, I'm teaching already. God's spirit led God's son into the wilderness to be tempted by God's enemy. But if we read uh, any, any segment of scripture, this sounds all too familiar. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, it says, Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years into the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart. Stop right there. The Lord led Israel into the wilderness to be tested for 40 years. Now the Lord is leading the Lord Jesus Christ into the wilderness to be tempted. And they were tested to determine their substance, tested to determine their maturity. And in the same way, Jesus is now being led into to be tested. I need you to capture this principle that's already leaping out from the scripture. Here it is. Jesus had to go through even before he went through. Oh, God, I feel that by myself. Jesus had to go through this, this one-on-one -on -one encounter with the enemy himself before he went through the ultimate painful separating sacrifice of Calvary's cross. Jesus had to go through even before he went through. Oh, come here, beloved. If the people of Israel had to go through, if, if Jesus himself had to go through, then why are we still shocked and chagrined when we go through? Why is it that we feel that we are exempt from life's challenges? Oh, God, I've discovered that going through is the tool that God uses to determine the value of our faith. Oh, please write that down. Going through is the tool that God uses to determine the value of our faith. See, the average student hates to be tested. Any students in the house, just, just, just type a little uh, a thumbs up or, or something in, in, in the comment section. Any, any students in the house, the average student just, just hates to be tested. My son and daughter, they're actually in the sanctuary now. How many of y'all like being tested? Not a one of them. They hate to be tested. They'd prefer if the teacher or the professor, uh, Pastor Pierce, just took their word that comprehension had been mastered. And even beyond the classroom. Most of us ask of tests, what's the point? Why do I have to go through this? Why have you placed this on me? Here is the point. We must be tested in order for us and others to know what we're made of. Oh, please get that down, beloved. We, we must be tested in order for us and others to know what we are made of. Tests, therefore, are designed to squeeze out of us what's been placed on the inside. In other words, tests squeeze. Oh, type that for me. Somebody say tests squeeze. Tests, they squeeze. And doesn't that accurately describe how you felt over this last year, squeezed, just when you thought things couldn't worsen, squeeze. The squeezes of life are God sent and God allowed. 
So rather than waste time asking the wrong question, let's ask the right question. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this test, from this squeeze? Verse 2 of Matthew 4, it says, After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, his, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, Jesus, that is. It is written, man must live on bread alone. Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here is our first lesson from the wilderness. Here's our first lesson from the wilderness. Here it is. You can't live without the word of God. Type that in the comment section, somebody. You cannot live without the word of God. I'm going to say it a third time. You, beloved, cannot live without the word of God. Jesus, in our text, Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. And yet physical food was not his primary desire. Spiritual food was. Mm. See, the tempter comes at Jesus' weakest point, promoting a physical desire or need over the Father's will. Y'all stay with me. I'm teaching already. The Spirit did not lead Jesus to the wilderness to feast. Oh, God. He led him to fast. I need a witness up in here. But, beloved, that's what the enemy desires for us to get us placing our desires, our needs up and above God's will for our lives. Let me say that one more time. That's what the enemy does. He, he tries to get us to place our desires over God's will for our lives. So, fam, I, I, can, I can be honest and I can, I can share this transparently. If I've, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Here's my conversation with, with, with a believer member. Here's what they say. Well, for me personally, pastor, this is what I feel is best. Y'all hear that so much, it just... I can't tell you how it gets for me personally, Pastor. I, this is what I feel is best. Y'all, this is why so many of us are struggling. We place a higher priority on our feelings, our desires, than we do upon God and his word. I, I know I ain't getting no amens right now because you're mad that I, I, I mocked you, but it's all good. Uh, uh, but let me tell you something. We place more value on the inconsistency of immature feelings than we do on the consistency of God's word. And because we have such a loose grip on God's word, we then try to sew isolated passages together to justify our behavior and our choices. Beloved, you can't live without the word of God. And I need for you to notice something in this text. Notice the emphasis from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, of which Jesus is quoting that every word that comes from the mouth of God, every 
word. Every word. The whole counsel of God. Beloved, if we had more of God's word hidden in our hearts, then we'd be more committed to his church. I need a witness up in here. If we had more word, uh, God's word hidden in our hearts, we'd be more willing to serve and to sacrifice. If, if we had more of God's word hidden in our hearts, we'd be willing to do the things that very few are willing to do. Here it is. We run out of spiritual gas because our tanks are filled with news feeds, with social media posts and false media. We are consumed with politics and entertainment. And I'm here to let you know all of those elements have their place. However, the believer's primary intake cannot be CNN or Fox News. It must be the word of God. I got two witnesses, and I'll take it. It cannot be what we turn on. Help me, somebody, up in here. See, here's how you know, oh, God, if God's word is primary in your life, here it is, what did you grab when life got tough over the past year? Oh, God, see, whatever you grabbed, oh, God, is, is who you are relying upon. Did you grab a cigarette? Oh, God. Or maybe you grabbed some cigarette weed. Oh, God. Or maybe you grabbed a bottle or, or perhaps you grabbed a body. Whatever it is you grabbed that has taken the place of God's word in your life. Jesus, in our text, Jesus, he's weak. He's hungry. He's physically depleted. The enemy suggests that Jesus used his spiritual power to meet his physical needs. Y'all, this is a shortcut. That's all it is, a shortcut, a bypass. So Jesus responds, here it is. Feeding my physical hunger would compromise my spiritual mission. Oh, God, I'm trying to help somebody right there. Jesus, Jesus responds, in essence, feeding my physical hunger would compromise my spiritual mission. Now, I got three big main points and three sub points for each of the big points. I'm going to keep it short. It's Children of Youth Sunday, but y'all stay with me. Here's the first point under, the, under the, the big point. You can't live without God's word. Here's number one. Beloved, you got to read the word. I, listen, I, I want to keep it as simple as I could. You got to read the word. I'm, I'm here to let you know, if, if you don't have a time, a place, daily, to just read the Word, then you are missing out on one of the greatest privileges of being a child of God. I'm here to let you know that God's Word is designed to give you everything, every point of wisdom, everything to help you with decision-making, help you with your relationships. You've got to read the word. And don't just read the word like you're reading a newspaper. Read the word so that it would transform your life. Because secondly, after you read the word, you have to feed off of the word. Feed off of the word. Here's what I've discovered in my own life. Whenever I really got into the word, uh, I couldn't get enough of it. 
there would be just this this hunger, this 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 thirst after God and His Word. But whenever I, I fell and 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 got a little lax, and listen, it happens even to pastors. I got a little lax. I discovered I didn't have as much of an appetite for God and for his word. The more of God's word that you determine to intake, you'll begin to feed off of the word. You'll need it to survive. Read the word, feed off of the word. But then thirdly, use the word when crises arise. Use the word when when, when that crisis comes into your life. Look at Jesus. Jesus did not respond to Satan's attack with what he felt like. I need a witness up in here. He, he didn't respond to Satan's attack on what he thought was going to be best for that situation. He, he didn't respond to Satan's attack with, with something he picked up in the Jerusalem news. No, no. He, he responded to Satan's attack with what he had been feasting upon for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus declared it is written. You want to know how to how to overcome some obstacles in your life. Get that word in your heart. And then you're able to call upon it when situations are difficult. We have so many in our faith community right now who are going through difficult seasons. Brother behind the camera, he's lost his sister. Deacon Deacon Harris has lost a son. Deacon Noble Harris lost a son. Sister Marilyn Holly has lost a grandson after just having lost a daughter. We, we got members who are struggling with, with cancer and other ailments, undergoing treatment and surgery. We're lifting you up, Miss Thea. We're lifting you up, Deacon Ward. We're lifting you up, Sister Emma. These folks are going through stuff. And I'm here to let you know that when you go through a crisis, if you don't have that word in your heart, you may fall apart. You cannot live without the word of God. That's what Jesus is teaching. But the text is moving. The text is moving. Look at verse 5. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city. That's Jerusalem. Had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you. And they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus told him, it is also written. Do not test the Lord, your God. Yeah, this beautiful thing takes place. I'm serious. It's, it's really beautiful. Jesus responds to Satan's initial temptation with it is written. So then Satan counters Jesus's response with it is written. Y'all, it's profound. And I used to use this in my sermon. I said, well, was Satan misquoted the scripture? I did a little more research. It's kind of how they did. They just kind of paraphrased it back in the day. But the bottom line is this. Here's the second point I want you to catch. You ought live with wisdom, making good choices. Get that down, beloved. You ought live with wisdom, comma, making good choices. Satan, acknowledging Jesus' sonship, is attempting to place a wedge between the Father's will and Jesus' choices. Oh, God, He's, he is attempting to place a wedge between the Father's will and Jesus' choices. Satan wants Jesus 
to be this spectacular leader that the people had wanted and longed for. But watch this. He attempts to to lure Jesus with attention. (laughs) Y'all, before I get to the text, isn't that what we deal with right now, y'all? It's all about attention. How can I get that 15 minutes? How, 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 can, I, how can I get them likes? How, how, can, how, can, I, how can I press up and, and, and convert who I am into, into a residual income and secondary? Y'all, it's, it's, it's amazing, y'all. And i never forget, I think it was Eric Mason who, who kind of put it this way. He says, human beings were really not designed to be in the spotlight. Ooh, think about that, y'all. We do it. Yeah, we do. I'm under spotlight now but we weren't designed for that sort of attention. But back back to our text, back to our text. This is uh, uh, verse five. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Now, while Jesus could, in fact, command that to come to pass, here it is, it was neither sensible or spiritual. Oh, God, that's, just, just get those words in your vernacular. It was neither sensible or spiritual. Don't ever test God. If you don't hear nothing else I say this morning, don't ever test God. If you've done it, stop <laughs> testing God. One writer puts it this way. He says, testing is not trusting. Oh, God. See, there is a distinct difference, beloved, between stumbling and jumping. Oh, y'all got to feel me right up in here. Feel what's happening in this text. Uh, You got to understand God is under no obligation to get us out of the messes that we get ourselves into. You are live with wisdom, making good choices. So Satan tempts Jesus with a challenge, if you will, to test the Father. And as I read, as I read rather this section, I realized that we believers, we do the same thing. We make choices without consulting with God. And then we cry out to God so that he would get us out of the mess that we got ourselves into. Are y'all hearing my heart as your pastor? Are you feeling me? Now, we just read a book by Andy Stanley, and I'm going to bring that to the forefront of our Wednesday night teaching. And in that book, he talked about making better choices and having fewer regrets. Beloved, let me, let me, let me make this as plain as day. We don't consult with God. We make decisions. And then we go right back to God to get us out of the mess that we never should have got into in the first place. Relationships. (laughs) You let your loneliness get the best of you. Debt. Buying stuff you can't afford to impress people who ain't even paying attention. Fights. You're always at a 10, always enraged. Failure, trouble, all of these things. 
So how did Jesus respond? How does Jesus help us with this situation? Jesus told him, it is also written, here it is, do not test the Lord your God. I'm going to say it again. Do not test the Lord your God. Let me give you the, the first principle under this second, second main point. Stop testing God and start trusting him. I want to keep this as simple as I can. Stop testing God and start trusting him. Pastor Ron, what do you mean? Start trusting him and stop, stop testing him. When, when you get to a fork in your spiritual road, when you get to this, 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 this place in your life where you have to make a decision, choose to trust God and his word as your God rather than your homeboys or your homegirls, rather than what you see on television, rather than what has come through your feed. Choose God and his word. But watch this. When you trust God and his word, there is no guarantee that everything is going to be perfect. But what it does is it reduces the opportunity for failure. I mean, I need a witness up in here. Listen, you can do exactly what you feel your flesh wants to do, what you feel like doing for you personally. Or you can get up under the authority of God and his word. Well, Pastor, I don't know what, what, what the word says about this situation. That's why you eat God's word on a daily basis. That's why you get into his word. There is nothing that we experience that God's word has not addressed. Stop testing God. Stop getting out there into to deep water when God hadn't called you there. Stop testing God and start trusting him. Secondly, seek his will through his word. One of the errors that, that young people face, and I've been there, is just this uncertainty, this uncertainty with life. Not know which way to go, what to do. Beloved, when you seek God's will through his word, you'll be amazed at how much peace you have in making decisions. Some of you right now, you may be dating someone. You're just like, I don't know what to do. I, I, you know, go to God in his word and take that brother, sister, almost said something I shouldn't have said. Take them with you through God's word. And see, see what peace you have as you go through, as you, as you go through God's word and as you examine and evaluate the relationship. Some of y'all have huge job decisions to make. Uh, I mean, should, should, should I take this new job? Should I stay put? Should we buy this house? Should we not? Go to God in his word. And allow his word to speak to you and give you a sense of peace. Listen, God's will, watch this, will be revealed to those who seek after it. Stop testing God and start trusting him. Number two, seek his will through his word. I'm convinced that's what Jesus is teaching us in this, this wilderness experience. Thirdly and finally from the second point, stand still before stepping into mess. I'm trying to make this as plain as day. Stand still before stepping into mess. I used to live downtown, downtown Dallas. I love living downtown Dallas. I want to move back to downtown Dallas. Amen. I'm not sure that's the Father's will, though, but I'm just speaking for me personally. 
how I feel about it. But anyways, living downtown Dallas, and I'd go for a walk to get some coffee or just just whatever I'm doing. Uh, uh, y'all know there's a lot of dogs downtown. That's the, that's the culture. It's the culture. Everybody got a dog. They got a dog, and and uh, yeah, they walk around with their dog and they coffee. So I'm, I'm I'm in downtown Dallas living living my best life. But I always had to be aware of my surroundings, not because of cars or traffic, but because of poo, mm, poo, mess. Yeah. And, and I, I can always, I can always, I can, I can remember my senses. I, I would begin to smell something. Mm. And as soon as I smelled it, I would just, my senses would go up and I would just start looking around. And before I took the next step, I would just pause to see where I was about to step. Do y'all know the Spirit can speak to you in the same way? The Spirit can give you the sense that something just, something ain't right. And, 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 and watch this. Whatever has caused you to pause requires your attention. And you need to stand still before you step into some mess. Relationally, financially, professionally, stand still before you step. I'm wrapping this up. I'm wrapping this up. 28 minutes. I'm wrapping this up. So you can't live without... The word of God, you ought live with wisdom, making good choices. Finally, I'm finished. This is the last one. You must live in light of the cross. Oh, please get that down, beloved. You must live mm-hmm, in light of the cross. I'm almost finished. Stay with me. Look at verse, verse 8. We're still in the text. This is, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and angels came and began to serve him. You must live in light of the cross. If you notice in the passage, the the tempting tests are intensifying. Mm. Now Satan offers what is actually his to offer. Here it is, the kingdoms of this fallen world. But Satan makes, but Satan always makes offers that require a shortcut. Y'all, don't don't turn me off. Just, Just let me finish this little feeble message. Satan always makes offers that require a shortcut, a bypass. Convenience over righteousness, my God. Pleasure over purpose. Here's another one. Expedience over obedience. Shortcuts. See, Satan's offer, while major, had a hidden agenda. He he continues to long for what has been reserved for God the Father, and that is attention and majesty. Are y'all hearing me? See, this is what got him kicked out of heaven in the first place. He he desires the worship that is only due our heavenly father. He says, fall down and worship me. Ultimately, his offer would have given Jesus what he was already entitled to. But without passing by Calvary's cross. Shortcut. And here it is. Satan wants us to bypass the Father's will 
so that he can give us what the Father already plans to give us. Oh, man, y'all. Oh, man, I got I need to crowd back in the sanctuary. Let's say it one more time. Satan wants us to bypass the Father's will so that he can give us what the Father already plans to give us. Beloved, you and I must live in light of the cross. When we bypass the cross, we're still dead in our sins. When we bypass the cross, we're still separated from the Father. When we bypass the cross, we'll find ourselves in a place where God has withdrawn his presence This is why we had to go through everything that we went through on last year. It was our test to reveal who we are and whose we are. Oh, God, I'm I'm wrapping this up, beloved, but I need you to hear this. Every time we found ourselves defeated, every time uh, somebody else passed away, every time someone else got uh, uh, sick with the virus, every time someone lost a job, all we needed to do, watch this, was remember the cross. Remember how Jesus climbed that cross. Remember how he was beaten upon that cross. Remember how he died upon that cross. But that's not how the story ends because my Bible teaches me on the third day, he got up with all power in his hand. Remember the cross. Oh, through the cross, we have victory. I'm finished. Through the cross, we have victory. We are victorious over death, hell, and the grave. So when the world attempts to get us to bypass the cross or to diminish the value of the cross or to even ignore the cross, we must resist. Three things, I promise. I gave you three for each one. Here's the first one. Don't give the enemy your best. Oh, beloved, don't give the enemy your best. See, y'all, we give the world our best, and we give the church what's left over. I ain't got time to develop that, but just don't give the enemy your best. Stop giving him your best. That's, That's for the Lord. Secondly, put the enemy in his place. Jesus has a way of teaching us how to deal with the enemy. When he saw the enemy trying to use Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Right here, he says, go away, Satan. Y'all, we, we got to put the enemy in his place, and we got to do exactly what Jesus said. Listen, get out of my way. Get, get out the way. Get behind me. I'm pressing toward that that God has called me to. Don't give the enemy your best. Put the enemy in his place. Thirdly, for our third point, worship the Lord moment by moment. See, that that the enemy desires, the only one who is worthy is the Lord God himself. The only one. Worship the Lord moment by moment. And watch this. Our worship intensifies, watch this, when we remember the cross. When, when, when you find yourself frustrated and, and, and you find yourself going through seasons and you just don't understand how you're going to make it through, remember the cross. When, when you find yourself so disillusioned by the world and, and things just don't make sense, you have all sorts of, of racial conflict, you have all sorts of political infighting, remember the cross. The cross is bigger than anything that we face on this side. When you remember the cross, then you are reminded 
reminded of your victory, when you are reminded of your victory, then you can worship the Lord all day long. It doesn't matter what day it is. I'm going to lift my holy hands to give praise. Is there a witness in the house that's willing to worship the Lord with me now? Remember the cross. At the cross. At the cross where I first saw the light, where the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there. By faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Come on and bless him. Come on and bless him in this place. Father, we love you. We glorify you. We honor you. Oh, God, we're going to make it through. We're going to come out. We're going to be reborn again on the other side of everything that we've gone through, Lord. We understand that we got to go through this stuff. If the people of Israel went through, if Jesus went through, then we must go through too. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that you would give us, oh, God, a sense of, of belonging. Help us to remember who we belong to. Give us a hunger and thirst for you and for your word. Lord, when we're tempted to wake up and grab our devices, unless we're going to the Bible app, Father God, help us to seek you first. Oh, God, help us to be delivered from the trends of this world. Father, they are dictating our lives, and we've allowed it to happen. Please, dear God, we can't live without your word. Then, Father, as we press, as we press through all that we're dealing with, Lord God, help us to be wise. Help us to make good choices. Lord, help us to stop testing your patience, Lord God. Help us to stop making decisions and try to get you to co-sign on foolishness. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you have not changed in your position on sin. You have not changed in your position on purpose. You have not changed in what you call believers to do and to be and how to live. You ain't changed. So no amount of cultural shift will change with your word has already declared and decreed. Father, help us to be wise. And for our areas of struggle, Lord, give us strength by your spirit to overcome. Help us to make better choices. Then, Father, help us to be reminded of the cross. May we never tire of remembering the cross. Father, we thank you so much that Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like me. Lord, we know that that's love. We glorify you. We bless you. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. Come on, say amen. Give God a little praise right there. Come on, in the comment section, type a hallelujah. Come on. Mm. Wonderful, beloved. Wonderful. We praise God. We praise God for his word on today. Now, what I want to do expeditiously, I want to give someone an opportunity to make a decision, to make a decision that will affect their eternal destiny. Eternal. That goes beyond the physical. And see, that's what salvation is all about. Yes, salvation gives us the abundant life now. Jesus says, I've come that they may have life 
and have it abundantly. But it also affects our life eternal after we pass away. For God so loved the world that, that he gave his only, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but will have eternal life. Both of those are available through Christ Jesus. Abundant life now. Or you're able to walk in the forgiveness and the redemption of God. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased. Your sin debt has been paid in full. Number one, God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. I need you to know, receive, and believe that. Number two, you have to know that we're all sinful. We fall short of knowing and fully experiencing all that God has for us. Number three, Jesus Christ is, is that path. He is the way. He is the provision, the payment for our sin debt. See, every single one of us, watch this, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short and missed the mark. Jesus Christ came to handle all of that sin. And his death on Calvary's cross did it for everyone. Everyone won't believe it and receive it, but it's available. And that's the fourth thing. You got to know God loves you, know that you're sinful. We all are. know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But then fourthly, you have to receive the gift of salvation made available through Jesus Christ. And, and that simply means this. Lord, I, I, I believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he came and, and that he lived and died and was raised on the third day all for payment for my sins. I understand that there had to be a death. And the only perfect lamb, the only perfect sacrifice was Jesus Christ. If that speaks to where you are, I simply want you to write in the comment section either salvation or relationship or something in that effect. Or you can text this number, 972-638-9554-972-638-9554. I just want to pray. And this is just a prayer that I remember praying, my God, 30-something, it may be almost 40 years ago. I still remember it. Here it is. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I open the door of my heart and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Come into my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. According to your word, I am now saved. In the name of Jesus, amen. If that prayer speaks to your heart and that's where you are, listen, you can, you can pray what I just prayed and you can just shoot us a message in the comment section or send us a text, whatever. Just let us know who you are and where you are. We simply want to connect with you and share with you and support you during this season. Amen. Amen. One more hand of praise right there. Come on. Praise the Lord.